All right, fellas, and we're live. You're listening to the Logan Law Podcast. Welcome to the Logan Law Podcast, the show dedicated to reviving mindsets, skills, and knowledge, which is men we need to be able to thrive in this modern world. My name is Ben Logan, and I'll be your host throughout the series of podcasts. We'll be exploring the frontiers of mental, physical health and performance, mindset work, fatherhood, survival, philosophy, and modern stoicism. I'm far from a guru, but over the last decade, I've worked and trained with some of the world's best. I've researched, I've experimented, and what I consider to be the most important, I've actually walked this talk to find out how, what we're going to be discussing, actually works. I've learned from failures and successes along the way, and I've developed a pretty damn fine toolbox of skills and knowledge which is what I'm going to be sharing with you throughout this series. Welcome to episode two. Firstly, thank you to all of you who listened to our first podcast, gave feedback, and also rated it on iTunes. Realistically, that's the main way these shows grow. So again, if this hits home for you and provides some benefit, if you could do the same after, that would mean an awful lot. Hope everyone's had a great last week. Uh, since we last spoke, we've had a few courses on. We also spent the winter solstice camping out at Glenorchy, which was damn cold, but we had a lot of, a lot of fun. We had some hiking, swimming, fires, camp food. It was also very good practice refining the art of camping with a baby, especially in wintertime. I want to start with a quote that I really enjoy, one that I feel is very relevant to what we're going to be talking about today. It's by a man called Charles Alexander Eastman, who was a Santi Sioux. In order to develop the resilience necessary to endure these ups and downs and prepare the body for extraordinary exertions that it might at any moment be required to undergo, the Sioux intentionally trained for toughness. Fast from food and water were undertaken, even when there was plenty to eat and drink. Ice baths were regularly taken, and hard exercise was kept up continually. The Sioux placed a heavy emphasis on physical activity because they felt building a young man's fitness not only strengthened his body, but developed his ability to live a life of moral virtue and self-mastery. Now for those of you who have followed our work for a while, you'll know that I do enjoy a gale time of swimming in the rivers and cold water. It's not because I'm a masochist or have some other issues, there are some very good reasons as to why I do it, and that's what we're going to be covering in today's show, which is going to be cold water training and environmental conditioning. This is something I started an interest in slow progression in about 10 years ago. It wasn't something that came easy to me at all actually, I really struggled with the cold prior to this, but I felt a really deep connection to it and I was drawn to exploring this in depth. The history of cold water training or cold immersion or cold thermogenesis, whatever you want to call it, it dates back hundreds of years. And it's been used as a practice and a ritual by the Native Americans, right through to the Eastern Europeans. It's a topic that's had a lot of attention over the last five years, and it's one that I also get a lot of questions about. So in this episode, I really wanted to break it down into three main components, which are going to be the history and philosophy behind cold water training, the benefits, and also the strategies to implement this into your own individual health strategy. Now again, although this show, this overall show is directed from a male's perspective, This episode and topic is really well suited for both men and women. Before we get into three main components, let's ask this question. Why is the cold and exposure to the elements important and also beneficial? As we touched on in last week's episode, health, strength and resilience, they don't just happen. They're a byproduct of certain inputs to the body. When we work out, provided we do it correctly, we're going to get stronger and fitter. If we don't and we just leave it, we're going to get atrophy. We also spoke about the fact that as humans, we're largely a byproduct of millions of years of evolutionary adaptation, 
that we now assume our biology has kept up and evolved with modern times. The science is very clear that the human genome is still very much adapted to pre-agricultural revolution times. Basically what that means is that we're living in a modern world, but we're still very much adapted to living in the era before we bought all our food in supermarkets, drove around in cars all day, and were glued to our phones. I know this bit's a bit boring, but there is a purpose and reason behind it, so stay with me here. To explore that a bit further, let's have a little storytelling time and look at what life was like back then. Long story short, it was damn hard. They didn't have the modern conveniences that we now have, but more specifically, they had three very important requirements that they had to deal with and master. First was food, the second was physicality, and the third one was exposure to the elements. Back then, our only options for warmth and heating were animal skins, fire, and shelter. And again, that's if we had the resourcefulness and the skill to be able to make it. Perhaps the biggest takeaway piece from the show is the understanding that our ancestors, the ones whom we share the same operating system with, for them, these three stresses were a way of life, a way of existence. But for us, we don't have that same survival requirement anymore because I can purchase all my food, I can drive anywhere I want, and I have the clothing and heating, which when in balance, is a tremendous luxury. But in order for us to obtain the health and physical benefits those stresses provided, we have to call them a strategy. Now we all know what chronic stress is, but I want to introduce a concept called hormesis. Now hormesis is the term used a lot in toxicology, but putting it simply and relating it back to the body, it simply means exposing the body to a stressor that in a large dose would be very damaging or harmful, but in a small dose, the body can actually respond in a very beneficial way. And to me, that's what cold water training is. It's a hormetic stressor that we can use to rebuild our strength and resilience, and it's also a very powerful health strategy. Now let's move forward and look at some of the exciting parts and also the health benefits of this practice. For me, the main two reasons I use cold water training as a health strategy are for the activation of brown fat and mitochondrial biogenesis. The human body has three types of fat that it can produce. The first one is a white fat. Now we all know what that is. Second one is a beige fat, which is a transitional fat. And the third one is a brown fat. All of us have a ratio of white to brown fat with infants and people with lean body mass having a better ratio of brown fat. Brown fat is brown because it has high concentrations of mitochondria which are the little powerhouses within our cells that produce ATP and give us energy. There's also a gene called UCP1, which works to transform white fat into beige fat. Now in effect, it basically infuses the mitochondria, pushing it more towards becoming brown. Mitochondria love stress, hormetic stress. That's why when we do heavy weights, intense exercise, fasting, and also cold water training, we get an uptake in mitochondria. Aside from that, some of the other benefits are stimulation of the immune system, cardiovascular health and circulation, increased insulin sensitivity, AMPK activation, increase in dopamine and endorphins. It's also been used as a therapeutical approach as an antidepressant for some. Increased mental and physical resilience and stress response. Assisting to dissolve the biofilms around chronic infections. Increase in growth hormone and testosterone. Increase in metabolic rate. And assisting symptoms of inflammation. And for me, that's so exciting to have such a practice that provides such benefit to the body and mind that is accessible and can be used by all. As the new science and testing comes out, it's going to highlight and showcase more and more how this practice really benefits the body and mind. For me, the physical resilience and the benefits I get from this practice, they're undeniable, but it's the mental benefits that I find the most empowering. To walk down to the river in the middle of winter when it's minus four degrees out and the water's only a few degrees warmer, that's, that still strikes a deep fear within. 
It tells the mind that you can't do this, to go home and sit by the fire. But this, this type of training has taught me the power of absolute commitment. The mental ability to fully commit to a task without hesitation or self-doubt. In extreme cold, if I give myself the option to swim or not, I'm just going to dance around the side of the water's edge for an hour. But if I go in with a mindset of absolute commitment, I find it much easier. I think we can all agree that we're our own worst enemy at times. We construct mental barriers that we really stop ourselves from achieving personal goals. Regular cold water practice absolutely takes a sledgehammer to those barriers, as each time you train, you realize how much more you can achieve. If you can take those lessons and transfer it to other aspects of life, well, I see that as a formidable asset. Aside from that, when I use it in the morning, it really sets the tone for my day, it makes me present, and I also use it as times as a form of meditation. Now, how do we go away and practically use this? Well, first you need a purpose and a reason as to why you're going to do it. No one has ever persisted with something hard unless they had a very good underlying reason as to why they were doing it. For me, I want invincible health and strength. I want mental fortitude. I want to be able to take those skills and apply them to all aspects of my life to optimize it. And that's why I do this. That reason is something you're going to need to figure out for yourself. But in the meantime, feel free to use that to get you going. Now, there's one of two ways that you could approach this. The first one is slow and steady or going all in. The first approach is the same way you would with starting back at the gym or running. Slow, steady, and sustainable. This is a form of training, and it is a stress that the body's going to adapt to. So again, slow, start out at your own individual level, your comfort, move in at a pace that's sustainable for you. The second approach is just about going all in, and that's the one I enjoy most. Um, I don't enjoy walking in slowly, I don't enjoy easing into the water, I enjoy running and jumping, diving off a platform or something. And that's what I enjoy the most, getting straight in. Expect it to be hard at first. We're talking about adaptation here. And again, I like using other analogies or other examples that we've tried in the past, like the gym or running, because we've all been there. We've all taken a break or injured or come back after Christmas, and we've all found out how hard that is to get back going again. But this is ad- adaptation. Imagine going to the gym for the first time. It's going to be very, very hard. But you can understand that give it three months, give it even two months down the track, you're going you're gonna to challenge yourself, you're going to be adapted to that task, and you're going to enjoy it in your own sort of individual painful way. That's the same as cold. The only reason it's going to be cold at the start is because you've, and, and painful at the start is because you've never done this before. But give it time, have a purpose behind it, and very soon you're going to see these benefits. Make this practice yours. I can provide the rough diamond in terms of knowledge and basic strategy, but as with any other skill, over time, it's your job to hone this craft and to become an expert at it. Find the ways you enjoy this the most and tailor it to your individual needs and lifestyle. Not everyone has the luxury or lives in the climate to have direct access to rivers, lakes or cold temperatures, but be creative. If you don't live near our natural water sources or the cold, find ways to get around it. Buy a bag of ice two times a week and find others who are keen to make a group session out of it. If you find this really hard at the start, have your usual shower, then just do the last minute or 30 seconds cold. Turn down the temperature slowly. If a shower is the only option you've got, then use that and plan trips to natural springs where the water will be much colder when you can fit it in. The cold water is not the only way to get the same response. Try walking to work without a jacket on. Leave the heating off for a day or so. Right now I'm recording this podcast downstairs in the middle of winter with no heater. And yeah, I'm freezing my nuts off, but I know it's doing me some good. Be sensible. For those who have never tried this, it is a stress on the body. And if you have any doubts about your health and how you could respond to it, 
I would recommend going to get it checked out by a doctor first. Don't fall into seeing what others are doing in the cold and try to do the same. Again, make this practice your own and train a level that you can handle without rocking the boat too hard. The next question is when should you try this? When should you start? My answer to that is going to be right now. Straight out this podcast, get in the shower, text some friends and drive down to the river, lake or sea and just try it. You'll be amazed at what your body can do and how incredible you feel afterwards. Again, this podcast is not designed to drown you with content, but to provide actionable knowledge and strategy that you can go away and use. So each week we're going to have a bit of a homework assignment. And trust me, I'm also included in this. This week's assignment is to really give cold water training a go. I recommend trying it every second or third day, whatever you feel you can handle. So go get in the shower. I'm a big believer of strength in numbers. So get some friends, go down to the lake, river or ocean. I also really want to hear how you got on. So please comment, email me, take some photos and post them using the hashtag LoganLaw so you can inspire your friends to get out and try doing the same thing. For the second episode of the Logan Law podcast, we're done. I hope I provided some good insight and background to this practice and what it can do for your body and mind. If you have any questions at all, please feel free to get in touch with us and ask. We also have some good content and articles on the Logan Law Journal on the website, along with our courses that you can come and join us on. Next week is going to be an amazing episode as we shift it up towards survival. We're going to be discussing the psychology of survival, preparedness, and everyday carry. So please tune in and join us. For those of you listening and also following our work, again, I really do appreciate your support. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and share. And until next week, stay strong, keep pushing hard, and I'll see you then.